0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leaf Davis esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is you win. Order now on the McDonald's app.
2: Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for this the Blue Monday preview show with a very special guest to get their inside view on the next opponents for Ipswich Town. Jack, don't comment on the first attempt at that intro. Um ladies and gentlemen, representing Norwich City, he is the host of Talk Norwich City on YouTube. And our highest rated guest all season. Um, so, a big East Anglian, well mannered, kind, <laughs> polite, and respectful welcome to Mr. Jack Reeve. Jack, is, Jack how is your pre derby week progressing?
3: You know what, it's going quite smoothly, actually. Um, I can remember the last... Yeah, first of all, thank you for having me on. It's, it's a pleasure to be welcomed back. It's, it's nice that the last one went down reasonably well. Uh, and I think, I think it did. Um, I think I expected that, actually, because I think we had a good chat and it's not often you see, from a fan's point of view anyway, from a journalistic point of view, it's different, but from a fan's point of view, a nice balanced discussion. I think we got that nicely last time. Um, how's my derby week going? Quite well. I'm quite chilled out, which feels, which feels odd because I'm often very stressed um i'm not sure if it's because i've been kind of engulfed in work or i'm just i I almost feel complacent going into this weekend and i i'm worried about that i am um it, it might be because it's the sunday i know it's usually a sunday but you you have that friday and saturday to kind of get to grips with it but um yeah i'm feeling relatively calm which is odd and it'll be interesting to see whether i've developed any nerves throughout this chat um but yeah,
2: I feel good. I, I thought about standing in the ground um, earlier today and I, I did I did feel sick. Um, look, let's quickly get to the elephant in the room. So I appeared on your channel on Tuesday and since then my mobile phone has bleeped every five seconds because it did zillions and zillions of views. Um, where can, let, let, let's let you do this. Where can people find the video and what went down Jack?
3: Yeah, so I, I thought it was a really good podcast, actually. Um, you came on the TNC podcast, which is we, we upload every Tuesday. We obviously usually get Norwich City-related guests. So whether that be ex-players, current players, journalists, fans, whatever that may be, you were, of course, an Ipswich fan coming on a Norwich channel. That's always going to cause some kind of controversy, whatever we do. So, so let's get that out of the way. Um, and I think the reason, it, it was more Chris that got flack, and Chris sometimes gets flack Um, because he's it's a strange kind of complex because we're best mates everyone thinks we're brothers we're not brothers Um, I'm coming at it from a more balanced and because of what I do a slightly more mediating kind of role so I pose the questions and I let people argue about them and I don't really get too involved with that and and I think Chris thought that you were really going to bite at his answers and come back at him and in actual fact um, he, you didn't. And, and we had a really long chat after actually, because we were, we were a little bit disappointed in terms of people didn't quite get the gist of, of the tone. And, and I do understand that. Um, but we had a really long chat and I think it was my fault partially for maybe posing the wrong questions. And it was Chris's fault for not quite understanding the way that the chat was going. Um, but I think the, the, the thing that Ipswich fans didn't like was, was Chris was constantly kind of taking the piss. He was only, he, he doesn't hate Ipswich fans. Let's get that, um, straight out. But, um, yeah, it, it was a good podcast. It's done good views. You were fantastic. And I think if you would have been more of a dick, it would have actually gone <laughs> down. Chris would have got less abuse because he was just giving it to pelters. But as you said, having not beaten us for 10 years, it would be very tough to come on our channel and give us stick. I've, so no, I've got no ammo. Well, exactly. And if you would have come on and done that, you would have got a ton of stick off Ipswich fans. If Chris wouldn't have laid into you, he would have got a ton of stick off, off Norwich fans. So, look, no one was going to win. I think it was a really good podcast. But I, I do just want to get out there that Chris isn't an idiot. He's a top bloke. And um, just give him a bit of bit and of slack.
2: Just to, just to break the fourth wall, before the podcast happened, that handshake thing was a work. He said to me, he said before, I'm not going to shake your hand at the front. I'm going to shake it at the end, so I know he got. I know a lot of people like turned off after he didn't shake my hand. If you watched until the end, he shook my hand at the end. So, and he's not here to defend himself. We spoke about this. I think you're going to speak about it on Monday, aren't you?
3: Yeah, we're going to, and hopefully, if you don't mind, maybe coming back on. It will be very interesting to see to see the, um, the the change in kind of narrative and going into the game. Um, and then after the game, who knows what the result will be. So it, it'll be an interesting one, but I'm sure Chris will defend himself. Um, I, he didn't get loads of stick. He got a few comments. Um, look, it's a Norwich versus Ipswich game. There's going to be com- you know conflict of interests here. Um, but, yeah, maybe the tone in which we, we operated in was slightly ill-judged, um, and hopefully we get that right next time.
2: And I've never been so popular with Norwich fans. I've got so,
3: no, seriously, I've got it's so weird, many tweets
2: yeah. from Norwich fans saying... Oh, enjoyed the podcast and whatnot. So w- where can everybody find it? Because like you said, it's. It, I think it's a great show. I, yeah, I so it's on, really it's enjoy on it.
3: my YouTube channel, Talk Norwich City. If you want to listen to it on iTunes, type in the TNC podcast and you can find it there. And actually, picking up on your point, we actually got a lot of praise from Ipswich fans. As, as much as there was hate, we got a lot of praise. So to everyone who did well, listen... You, you did. <laughs> well, yeah. Chris did a bit, to be fair, as well. But to everyone who did stick it out and, and listen, I, I do fully appreciate it because... I know, um, as an Ipswich fan, watching some some Norwich fans is probably not the easiest. But to everyone who did watch it through and enjoyed it, thank you very much.
2: Wonderful. Um, Should we talk about football?
3: Yeah, let's do that, shall (laughs) we? Yeah, that's probably
2: wise. Can I say the rudest thing on that podcast that happened is I called you Jake at one point.
3: I've been called worse.
2: Have you? I I went to journalism college and um, that was like the number one... Journalism rule, if you get someone's name wrong, you're you're absolutely done. Um, So we did, if anyone listens to the first um, podcast you did with us, you talked all about Fark coming, you talked about Alex Neal, you talked about the first two months, which was was very good because going into the first game, I've got the stats, it was 22nd October, Norwich had won five and drawn three of the previous eight they they're on a they're on a superb run um and yeah. very possession heavy top stats in the division uh reed and tribal and the team for passing and whatnot um i know we did this a bit on monday but can you just give me your memories of the the first game going into it and how it played out the, uh, yeah. obviously one nil win um back in october
3: yeah, I, I, first of all, I love that you come more um, clued up about Norwich than I do. Um, <laughs> I've kind of completely forgotten the runner form. It, it feels ages ago since that derby, and um, it, it was a, it was it was strange going into it because obviously we we're under a new regime. There was so much change over the summer. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I think there was forty five ins and outs. So naturally, there's going to be a bit of upheaval at the club. Our whole backroom staff had gone. We'd gotten you in, so. I think from a Norwich fans point of view, and I think I'm, I'm right in saying or speaking for for all Norwich fans, we did think that this could be the time in which this run of wins and or not being beaten against you guys was going to end. You guys were in brilliant form. You'd started the season really well. It looked like Mick McCarthy had, especially your attacking line, really fire. And you looked like a different team to what we'd seen in previous seasons. I know you got to the playoffs Um, a couple of seasons before that and and finished seventh. But it just felt different at Ipswich. It felt a little bit more exciting. It felt like a little bit of a new era. And on the other hand, there's Norwich. Although we were going into that in good form, we had a lot of players who hadn't played in a derby before. We had a manager who'd never played in a derby. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. So naturally we were a little bit uneasy, but it was also quite exciting and it still is very exciting. Um, In terms of the actual game... I can remember the first half being very much dominated by Ipswich. I think I, I think Waghorn had a great chance. McGoldrick had a header. Nudson hit the post. But all, as soon as Knudsen hit the post, I felt, although you had a few more chances after that. It was like after is, four, four minutes or something. It was. It was
2: literally our first attack, wasn't
3: it? But it was strange because as soon as he hit the post, I thought, right, we're winning this game. Because it felt like it just wasn't going to be your day. Um, and there, there'd been a lot of hype. And I can remember you kind of going on about, well, Garner's going to be really up for this because he, he you know, he's, he's that kind of player. He's a Derby player. Wackhorn's going to be up for it. McGoldrick's got experience. Um, and as soon as Knudsen hit the post, he'd scored in the, the previous two derbies. I thought this is our, this is ours now. And although it kind of swayed either way, as soon as we got that goal, and it was that spark of quality from Madison that we've seen all season. Um, and ultimately that was the difference. Um, I don't don't think we ever looked in doubt. And and, and the celebrations from our players at the end showed how much it meant. And and Farka was really high of praise. But let's not forget, after that Ipswich game, we we played it on the Sunday. We then went back to Colney and put in a full training session after that derby ahead of the Arsenal game on the Tuesday. Um, And then after that, we went on a horrific run. So that Ipswich game, we learned a lot of lessons, not only from the win, in terms of the preparation after that game and a lot of players were, were saying how unhappy they were in terms of the training regimes and then we went on that bad run of form that took us down to like 13th place and we've kind of stayed there ever since so a lot has changed I think we've learned a lot from that um, but still we're, we're in a situation where we don't really know what to expect and, and that's exciting and also quite uneasy at the same time um, there's a lot of
2: complaints on from the Ipswich fans. These, this, um, where was the passion? Where was the fight after Madison scored? Did you? You said, oh, and then we thought it was ours. Did you? Did you think we surrendered a bit limply? I th-
3: I think it's. I think that whole where's the passion, where's the fight is a very lazy argument to use. I mean, I've used it in, in previous encounters, but I don't think players ever really. in terms of their passion or fight I just think maybe they they were slightly tired maybe the tactics weren't right I I think I'm not going to slag Ipswich off because I think tactically that day we were were spot on and tactically defensively this season we've been very good I think we've kept 12 league clean sheets only the the second best behind Wolves who are kind of a Premier League team anyway so that doesn't really count Um, but I can remember Grant Hanley coming on and I think he'd only played a couple of substitute appearances before that I think it was close he went off injured or Zimmerman and Hanley came in and done a fantastic job that day so Norwich were very well drilled defensively and we have been all season so yeah maybe you could have gone for a bit more but if you go for it you then you're exposed at the back and when you've got we had Yannick Vilschke on that day running at you Stieperman was was very high at the pitch and and naturally James Madison's going to create carnage so it's not easy and You know, as an Ipswich fan, you haven't got the most attackingly minded manager. And if you're going to win games, it's going to be by fine margins um, and and by setting up well and being well drilled. And I just think that day we had a little bit more.
2: Mm, No, uh, I think you nailed it, to be honest. Um, So you already mentioned it because literally from that Ipswich game and we're kind of sitting there afterwards depressed thinking, oh, they beat us again. We're now going to. Drop down the table and off they go they've made another great hire and they're now going to go in for another playoff season and it it really went badly wrong um so 11 games this is going up to um christmas day 11 games one win three draws and seven defeats so instead of you know are you going to finish four four, fourth fifth or even even higher was it 13th was that was that the lowest it went
3: yeah it was yeah. yeah and and they're also kind of in the even in the back of my head I'm the biggest Daniel Farke fan I was thinking are we going to be in a relegation scrap this wow. season because it, it it did feel that bad at times what 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 happened nothing really changed that drastically I think the the wins we picked up before that were by very fine margins and we were playing a risky style of football in terms of holding a lot of the ball but not being that great going forwards we 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 really struggled and we have done especially at home this season of breaking teams down And the games we were winning before that, as I said, were by very fine margins. And that pattern has continued through the season, but we've kind of developed a bit tactically since then. There was also a hell of a lot of Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday games that I just don't think Daniel Farker was prepared for. And I think come the end of the season, when we've had a bit of time to reflect, we look back at that period and 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 Farkas' naivety and slight championship inexperience showed there because he was he was working the players so hard. We had Russ Martin on at the start of the season who said, um, "You know, they're doing two sessions a day." It's it's the perfect example to show how hard he was working them players after an East Anglian derby where we put in everything to then go back to Colney and put in another training session and have 24 hours rest before our next game. So mentally we were drained. Physically we were drained. We probably didn't have as much talent as we should have done. The likes of James' husband were playing who has since been dropped. Steiffman didn't go on a great run. I think we found the players that weren't going to fit in quite quickly. And once you get in a rut, as you'll know, it's very tough to break out of. Uh, especially when your home form isn't great so and and that was a, that was a really tough tough time for Farker because he was new to the club he's got new players and he's suddenly losing games and naturally as fans when you're 13th in the table and you're playing dire football you're gonna turn on your manager thankfully since then he, he's he's reined fans back in but it was a tough time for Norwich and it's it's testament to Farker and it's testament to his players that that they've come back from it and come back with it with quite high morale as well mm, very good um I mean I,
2: I saw the the end of it because my, my sister lives in Norwich so I went to the Norwich Brentford game and that was there was a lot of booing and um joining in with the your effing yeah, yes, yeah. Chant at the end of the end of that game um you, you kind of already mentioned it. So, since Boxing Day, I went to Birmingham and won on Boxing Day. Um, Ten games, five wins, five draws, one defeat. Is there any coincidence? I mean, it's funny you should mention Russ Martin, Naismith, Vilcher. I mean, you'll fill me in. Is it any coincidence that... So, he takes the job, he beds yeah. in, he yeah. figures out the league, and then in January, it's the there's a bit of a clear-out, really, or another... You know, like switching out. Is it any coincidence that do you, do you think he says, "Right, these guys, um, I, I don't, I don't want these guys, and this is what I'm going to go forward with." Do you think that's what switched the results back?
3: Yeah, I think I think naturally as a football fan, you want to be seeing patterns. So obviously, it'd be great if you've got a pattern of wins or draws and not going and and be, staying unbeaten. That means you're doing well. And if you're seeing patterns of losing, that means that something is clearly wrong and we need to change. What is always, is always unsettling for me, and it's, it's a reason I didn't really like Alex Neil that much in his later stages, is it was so inconsistent. So we'd go 7-1 at home, 2-0 defeat away from home. You didn't really know what was going wrong because it was so different every week, at least with Farker it's been a block of wins or a block of draws. The football has remained the same. He's got a clear philosophy. Um, and through that period of time in which we were losing games, it was because, one, we weren't, I don't think we were fit enough. We weren't tactically aware enough. And we we hadn't adapted to the championship well enough. And we've learned from that since. Um, and since Boxing Day, I think, one, we had a decent January transfer window. As you say there, we let go of Russ, Jerome, Naismith, Viljka, players who clearly... I haven't got any hard feelings against them, but didn't want to adapt to Farker's yeah, way of playing. You were quite high
2: on Vilchit. though, weren't you? I love,
3: I love Yannick I think, we, I think we made the wrong decision letting him, letting him go. But if he's not a Daniel Farker player, I have full trust in Farker. I think Vilchit's a great player. I think he'll do very well at Cardiff. And there's a reason why Warnock has taken him on in clearly an automatic promotion race. So I'm, I'll never speak lowly of Vilchert. And he'd done very well at Portman Road. Yeah, very, um, very,
2: good, very good first half, yeah.
3: He did. But... Um, yeah, I think just with time, Farkas had more time to get the players he wants to in. Madison's been brilliant, which is, <laughs> has won the majority of our games. Um, and the defence has been exceptional as well. And that's so nice to say as an Irish fan, because for years we've either been relegated or haven't performed well in the Championship because of a shit defence. And it's very nice looking at Hanley, Zimmerman, closer Lewis and Pinto and going, yeah, we're set, we're fine. If we score one goal, that should be enough. Um so it's just, it's taken time naturally when you let go of, when there's 45 players coming out, when you've got a manager who's never managed in English football, you've got half your team who've never played in English football, it's going to take time to adapt. And as football fans, we don't have patience. So it's hard to, to, um, to get used to that. But with time, I think we've seen progression and that's all you can really ask for as a football fan. Um,
2: I've got two things to come back. One is, um, do you think there was pressure from money people when, because I assume people like Jerome and Naismith were high earners, so do you yeah. think there was pressure from there? And two, did he? because um, you're playing three at the back now, did that change at some point after, after Christmas?
3: Um, well, I think three at the plan was always what Farker wanted to play. He played it out in Germany and he played it on the opening day against Fulham, but we had Husband on the left and Russ Martin on the right and it just didn't work. And we were very exposed. And we had Marcel Franker in the centre-back who's since been let go on loan. So it was clear the system he wanted to play was three at the back, slash five at the back, with with the wing-backs, whatever you want to call it. Um, And it just didn't work. and He got a bit flustered and he had to change, as is with English football. It's very reactive. And he did react. And I think he'd probably regret that now. Um, But now he's found that system that works. It's it's working really nicely. In terms of the, the more senior players, so Russ Jerome, I think money does come into factor, although I th- still think we're probably paying the majority of, well, I definitely know we're paying the majority of Naismith's wages, which is a bloody lot, and we're probably still p- paying the majority of Russ's wages. In terms of Jerome, he didn't like the training standards, the, the training structure he was let go of. I think Farquhar F- actually quite liked Jerome, but look, the, the Naismiths of the world, the Matt Jarvises of the world, we are still having to pay their wages and it's still having a detrimental impact on our football club because of our horrific um recruitment strategy which meant we were relegated from the Premier League on countless occasions um and we're still you know having to having to chase our tail on that and and it's because we've we've had to sell big assets and not really bring that much in in terms of you know money wise so yeah it's been tough um but you know when you make mistakes it's always going to come and bite you I think
2: Great stuff, great stuff. Um, let's talk players then. I mean, we're going to get one incredibly predictable answer for this, but three Norwich players you want our guys to, you know, kind of have a look out for on on Sunday.
3: Um, I'll, I'll say Madison. I'm not going to bang on about him anymore. You're probably bored of that name, Madison. Um, it's going to be really interesting, actually. And we we spoke a bit about him on our podcast. with Nelson Oliveira? What Nelson Oliveira are we going to see? Are we going to see the man who I've criticised a lot in recent weeks, the man who hasn't scored since I think mid December? I think that Brent, did he score against Brentford really he late did. on? A consolation. He did. I think yeah, that was his did, last yeah. goal, actually. Um, yeah, I think that was. It may have been Sheffield Wednesday. Anyway, it's been a while. But it just feels written in the script that he's going to bag a goal at the weekend. He, he, there's something about him that still says to me he will score goals for Norwich City. But will he flip? He, you know, he, he, he's got a very um, strange temper. You just don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see. I assume, will it be Chambers marking him, or
2: it'll either be Chambers or Carter Vickers. Um I, I don't know which way around they'll do that because it'll only be him on his own with one spare yeah. guy, and then Murphy and who's going to come in from the? Uh, well, Madison will come in from behind, yeah. won't he? Not from the
3: side. I'm not really sure, but if I'm Mick McCarthy and I'm saying to Luke Chambers before the game, you go out there and you get in the head of Nelson Oliveira, oh, because Jack, if you get in his head...
2: Sorry to interrupt, that'll be Garner's job on the corners, though. I bet you what you like. Garner's the free man on the edge of the six-yard box. He'll, okay. He's, he's horrible, you know. I mean, I love him because he plays for us.
3: But, yeah. yeah. Well, you need, you need them players and you need yeah. them players to get, to get into players' heads, on the on the on the other on the flip side, I, I think I saw a quote from Carriol today saying, "If he scores, he'll be sent off for the celebration or something." <laughs> it, it's players like that who Hanley will absolutely love because he knows he'll be, be able to get in ahead of them. So you need players like Grant Hanley and your Joe Garner's who will will get in players' heads and will say you know comments that maybe are slightly unsavoury, but that's what the Derby's about. Um, so Nelson is going to be a really interesting one to watch. I'm not sure if he'll have an impact. He might have a massive impact. The other one, I think Angus Gunn. He is an exceptional goalkeeper. And I know we've done our pretty, uh, combined 11 and, and you put your that lad in goal.
2: Good fun debate, that, though, wasn't it? It was, yeah.
3: And um, Biel, is it? Yeah. I always butcher his pronoun. I, I think he's a great keeper. But it's very hard to argue he's a better keeper than Angus Gunn. 12 clean sheets in his first professional season he's he will go to the top and i think a player like angus who's from norwich was a norwich city season ticket holder is a norwich city fan will be so up for this game and and he 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 will have a big impact i think
2: great great stuff um so i've got um i've got the team that started against derby um let's run through this and you tell me how close you think it will be on on saturday so i'm assuming it's gunning goal then the back three is zimmerman closer hanley lewis yeah. left wing back reed right wing back and you're gonna to have to smarten me up here i assume Leitner and tetty are sitting i don't yeah. know how this front three works Oliveira, madison murphy um first of all how does explain how that's gonna work and how close you think it's gonna be on on sunday i think it'll,
3: i think it'll be very similar i think the only question in terms of Rotation is is whether Reed stays in at right wing back. He's not a right wing back, but he's fitted in quite nicely there. Pinto is now fit. He's our captain. Farco's got a massive call there because Reed's done quite well. Um when we've played well the last couple of games. So you drop Reed, you put Pinto in, who wasn't the best defensively, but he's our captain. I'm not so sure. I think the team will be very similar. So it's gunning goal, as you say, defence, Zimmerman close, Hanley at the back, Lewis at the left, um, Reed or Pinto at the right. Leitner and Tete sitting. Leitner slightly more advanced. And then it's very kind of floaty going forward. So you've got Murphy everywhere. Madison everywhere. And Nelson as a sort of target man type type style. Possible replacement. Murphy might be pulled out. Anulad Hernandez might be put in. He's a very quick winger. Might Is be he slightly the chap early. You
2: posted the video of the really, really lightning quick guy.
3: Yeah, he's okay. very quick. He's very quick. But we've seen fifteen minutes of him, so I think it'd be very bold for Fark to, to stick him in the deep end against Ipswich. Um But I think that team will pretty much be what we play against you guys.
2: Um, I'm just thinking about it. Is there any chance for Fark to show his intent? Because if I'm if I'm wanting to keep the ball, I quite like the idea of a a centre
3: midfielder playing right wing back do you know what i mean i mean the only reason that reed is playing there is because we don't have a replacement and it shows it shows the, the the slight lack of squad depth that we've got especially at right back so that's i don't think that was a tactical move it was a desperate move and a desperate move that kind of worked and reads a classy player um but yeah as you say we'll we'll try and play a possession-based style of football but it's strange looking at that formation because it's not typically a formation used to hold onto the ball it looks on paper quite defensive in reality
2: wolves do it jack and there's the most attacking team i've seen if you they end up with one because you can actually push a center back forward one center back one wing back and one wide guy all pummeling you down either side so if it's done it's done that way it's massively attacking isn't
3: it yeah but on on paper when you've got essentially five defenders on the pitch and two central defensive midfielders it could also have you know <laughs> the, the potential to be very defensive but Those as you it? <laughs> that's that's very true and, and early on in the season Farker was probably quite a defensive manager and and we've scored I think the fourth lowest amount of goals in 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 the league this season only ahead of Burton who are pretty terrible, Birmingham, and I think Sunderland. So, you know, that doesn't read great on paper. Um, But it's funny you say about the centre-back pushing forward. Ever since the Chelsea game away, where Tim Close delivered the most delicious cross for Jamal Lewis, Closer has essentially been playing as a striker. And he's just (laughs) absolutely carefree. And he's also been trying to deliver the exact same cross to absolutely no avail for the past four <laughs> weeks, and I think fans started to lose their patience as the ball sails into the NP stand. Um, so yeah, bless him. I do love Tim Close, but I think that was a, a bit of a, a bit of luck that cross.
2: The one that makes me laugh is Keo for Derby. I think Keo's got it in his contract that once per game he has to do a Rio Ferdinand, Franz Beckenbauer type. run Every time I've seen him play, he's tried at one point to just, and I'm like, bless him, and he trots back afterwards. But I, th- I think he's got a couple of um, assists if you're um if you're mick mccarthy would you not want bursant selina going against harrison reed if he's if he's not a right wing uh, not a proper you know kind of bespoke defender
3: 100 i i I really like selina um the times i've watched him this season i think he's looked exceptional and and it's strange that mccarthy probably earlier on in his loan didn't play him more than than he did and was it one of the away games, he got a hell of a lot of stick after the game. McCarthy, yeah, so not the, playing Selena.
2: It was at Burton. And, and That's uh, it. God, it was. This is one of the embarrassing things that I couldn't defend on your podcast. So all the fans are chanting, "Bring on Selena!" Mick waits and waits and waits. He brings him on. He puts a free kick in the top corner, and we win two-one. And then after, he says, um, "Just because they chanted, that wasn't why I brought him on. In <laughs> yes. fact, I'm less likely to bring him on." <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, what are you do. I can't take credit for this comment because I read it on my Twitter, but do you suffer without someone like, excuse me, without someone like Jerome? Because you've had players that have bullied us, Bradley Johnson, Mm. Cameron Jerome, your power, power players, um, Grant Holt, Malky Mackay, you know, going back years and years with that. But Oliveira is not quite like that. Are you going to suffer, excuse me, sorry, from not having that that bully guy up front
3: um I'm not sure I think that, I think the big frustration from Norwich fans this season is we, is we haven't had that focal point going forwards and I think that's why we brought in this chap called Dennis Sobrani from from Germany because he's a bit more of a of a focal point he's a bit taller he's a bit stronger and the way in which we've played this season has sometimes relied on Oliveira to hold the ball up to allow us to get forward and, and he hasn't done that very well and it's tough in this league to play as a lone striker when you don't really have tons of support behind you but it's very different the way we're playing this season we, we're relying on a system to succeed rather than an individual so in previous seasons we've relied on Grant Holt we've relied on Wes Hulahan we fitted a team around individual players this time we rely on everyone to contribute and if they don't we're not going to succeed so I don't think it's more of an an individualistic type look at things now it's more of that that system and it's a very continental style of playing football so it's less about a you know a hero to step forward even it's more with, about
2: even with madison though
3: i, I mean from sparks, the outside
2: that looks like a star player who's head and shoulders above everybody else
3: but it's, it's not a bully is it and i, no, and I no, think no. And I think, yeah, of course, we rely on Madison's quality. And and if you're going to do well in the championship, you do need them sparks of quality. And I think Madison's gone above expectations this season. But in terms of a bully, your Bradley Johnson, your Grant Hart, your Jerome, as you spoke about, we don't have that. And I don't think the system we're playing requires that anymore.
2: No, no, fair comment. Um, And how do you see it playing out?
3: (laughs) That's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, I don't think there's going to be many goals. I don't think there'll ever be many goals against the Mick McCarthy side, as we said. And I think the days of the four ones, the five ones have have gone. Um, I think, and I I don't think we actually said it on on our podcast on Monday, I think first goal wins it, whether that be for Ipswich or Norwich. If Ipswich get the first goal, you'll sit back. We struggle to break teams down. If we score first, you guys will sit back and you're definitely not going to score against our defence that's looked fairly solid unless you get a scrappy corner or something. But I think it's going to be low scoring I hope Norwich come out the blocks early doors. Look, I, you, you're making me nervous. I came into this feeling <laughs> feeling good and, and naturally it's horrible, I've talked myself. Oh. I don't know. Um, momentum, form says we should win this. On paper, we should probably win this. If we look at the league table... You should win it. You're above us. Um, Go goal difference, Jack. Goal difference. But you're still above us. Hold <laughs> I, that as a slight I'll, hint of optimism. I'll take that at the end yeah. of the season. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, think, I think we should probably win it. But um, as you can probably tell from the conviction in my voice, I'm not feeling overly confident, as I never do going into a derby.
2: OK. You ready for some questions?
3: I'm not sure, am I? (laughs) I've read some of them.
2: (laughs) Oh, good. You're you're well prepared. Um, Right. Oh, I'm scrolling right down. Which player would you rather have? This is at Wonderful Waggy. Which player would you rather have at your club, Nelson Oliveira or Joe Garner?
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times. delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
4: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes running down the wing. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: I think probably this season, Ghana. I think he'd probably fit our system slightly more. And I do like Nelson, but... I question his attitude at times. I question his work rate at times. Um, I think Oliveira is probably a slightly better player than Garner, but Garner's a championship footballer. He'll get you goals, and he certainly puts bloody work in. So I think if we wanted to fit a player into a system, probably Garner would have suited us more this season, I reckon.
2: Jack, when you see that, he's got 10 goals. Believe me, there's games that poor guy has played where he's had two lumping... Championship centre-halves against him. He's just had the ball booted at him, shoulder height all game. So he's done really well to get those tests. Yeah, takes. definitely.
3: And in, in the system you play, it's even tougher to score. If, if the he chances was go to the, the inverted forwards, not the actual focal mm. point, don't they? I mean, it weren't, weren't a lot of them goals early doors, though? Not that that's discrediting his goals, but didn't no, his no. and Wagner it was Waghorn's Wag- okay. all,
2: all came in one go. When Waghorn's okay. dried up, he did score like four games in a row from Waghorn free kicks or corners. Okay. So look out look out for that um, on on Sunday.
3: But it is interesting. if You say that he scored 10 goals. If he was playing for Norwich, he'd be our joint top scorer with that amount of goals. And would, probably in a, in a slightly more free-flowing system as well. I would think so, he would
2: have scored more for Norwich because I think he would yeah, have got more. Probably,
3: more probably sensible,
2: More sensible balls not one's
3: booting. You know, I, I like Garner I think he's a good player I think he's, he's, he's a play you need in a squad for a derby game I do like him
2: and you're going to watch him on Sunday and you're going to think that guy's going to get sent off but he won't he knows exactly how to play on right on the <laughs> edge of winding up the sent-offs anyway um, this is at Bielkowski, not uh, not Bart I assume um, do you actually think you can get in the playoffs?
3: Mm, I think there's a very small chance I think if I think uh, I'm not I'm not a stat man, but I did see someone say if we continue our run of form um, in terms of points per game over the past ten, it would probably statist- or historically get us into the playoffs in terms of the amount yeah, of points you've one, needed in previous seasons. So. One point
2: nine, yeah, that would that would that would work all year. Yeah.
3: So, um, I mean, if you're looking at it it's very kind of raw statistics, yes, we could get in the playoffs. Do I think it will happen? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think you might have already
2: taken this, but we'll read it. Um, Josh, you a boy. Who does he think is the better keeper, Bielkowski or Gunn? Gunn. Um, this is at McLean, Jack. If you didn't have the same setup as Huddersfield had, do you think Fark would still be in a job considering fans were calling for his head at Christmas?
3: Good question. Um, I suppose... Yeah, we have. And you enough. have
2: been pretty ruthless. Sorry to interrupt. You have been pretty ruthless with your. I mean, people sometimes wish Ipswich would take the Norwich approach sometimes. They they move very quickly to change the manager, don't they? Uh,
3: yeah, over the past. Yeah, I mean, Houghton, Adams, Neil, um, Irvine for a bit, and then, of course, Farkas. So we have gone through managers, and I think it's nice now. And I think, I don't think it's necessarily been the manager's faults in previous campaigns. It's been above them in terms of not really having a plan and that descending down to the pitch. And at least now, we do have a clear plan that's being communicated to the fans. So I think that, even in times of disarray on the pitch, it does help knowing that, okay, we do have a long-term plan. At least we're trying to move forwards. I think the whole Huddersfield model, we have literally copied. We've We've got the man who put that plan in place at Huddersfield. So naturally, that's going to evolve at Norwich. And I think, seeing how well Huddersfield have done, although they haven't done that great this season. um, That does give a little bit of hope to Norwich fans that if we replicate that, we'll be in a good place. Let's also not forget though that Huddersfield have a lot more money than we do. um, So it will be a little bit easier. And also Huddersfield struggled in their first season um, under Wagner. So, yeah, I, I I don't think Farker's job was ever on the line um maybe fans probably want some fans probably wanted him to go but i don't think from a board level his his job was ever in doubt and i don't think it will be unless it goes horrifically wrong because there is a long-term plan in place but seeing this kind of german european model work at other clubs i would have thought does give optimism to, to fans yeah
2: um at tractor bajner who has stroke had more passion grant holt or luke chambers
3: um, I suppose it was easier for Holt to show his passion because he was more successful in the derbies. I know you guys love Chambers, and I know why. He's a he's a he's a proper club man, and um, and it's always nice having a bit of a character at the club, and it's always nice for fans to have a player kind of disrespecting the other, you know, the, the team across the border. Has he done? I don't think it helped that comment from from Chambers in in the previous um clash when he was kind of commenting on Nelson and as a captain he would have thought he would have been slightly more self-aware than that but um I get why you like Chambers I'm sure you you'd all say he's more passionate than Holt but Holt's got a lot of goals against Ipswich and he loved Norwich um, and he was just a bit of a you know a, a proper kind of shit house footballer wasn't he, he was just <laughs> just bundling balls over the line and and just a bit of a of a non traditional and <laughs> miraculously band. falling down whenever whenever
2: he got touched as well. He,
3: he, considering the size of me, did he did go down quite easily, didn't he? That's he was I'm both saying. very
2: powerful and very fragile <laughs> at the same time, wasn't he? He was um, indeed. I don't know what Lloyd means, but it's a good question. We, I don't know whether he means this weekend or generally. Would you prefer to be playing at Carrow Road or Portman Road?
3: I think that might be a reference to your home form. This. Yeah, season. yeah, that's a good point. And probably. You love Portman Road. We do, and, and and probably we would prefer to be playing away. It's strange, isn't it? Is the is the home crowd the benefit, or is the home crowd the pressure? And I think we we have we have probably played with a little bit of. You know, the shackles on and under, under a bit of pressure at home because there is that level of expectation at Carrow that we want to see this free-flowing style of football and we should be beating every team. When in reality, we're a mid-table championship side and that's not going to happen anymore. Um, and not that that's ever really happened at Carrow Road. But I think at Portman Road, we did come to you with, with, a, with a sense of freedom and a sense of we've got nothing to lose almost, although we did have a lot to lose. You know, it's always slightly, I think, easier to go away from home and we've done better away from home and I think our style of football suits away grounds more because we hit teams on the counter a little bit more and that allows us to so this season I'd, prob- I'd probably say we're favourites more at Portman Road which is a is a strange answer to give I think
2: and it's really interesting when you say is the home side the the pressure or what have you I think Norwich are very good at playing on the Ipswich fans in Portman Roads anxiety. Do you know what I mean? I think they, yeah. I think they kind of enjoy it, don't they? Um, this is um, at Suffolk Boy eighty two. Do you think Norwich missed a trick when they were last in the Prem to invest a bit more? There were eleven poor teams that year in the Premier League. I mean, you mentioned the, the, the kind of purchasing strategy.
3: Yeah, it was it was never a sense of a lack of investment. We, we spent a lot of money, but the the key point here is we've wasted a hell of a lot of money and. It, it, it does sicken me as a Norwich fan. I think it's. The, the, I, I, th- I think with football you can't. You know we overanalyze everything, and, and sometimes things just happen, and you can't. Some things you don't have control over. But that season in particular, we didn't have a plan. I don't think we expected to get where we were as quick as we did, and because of that, we wasted a lot of money on players that didn't work out. You, you're Stephen Naismiths, you Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, you Leroy Furz. <laughs> Van
2: Wolfswinkel.
3: I mean, you look there, and if you're looking at 40 million pounds worth of talent that we wasted, so it's ne- it's never been a lack of investment. We we put our money on the line, and we spent all we could. Um, it was it was the, the the lack of planning and the the recruitment that ultimately ultimately let us down. Um, this is
2: Adam Flat. Um, if you could pick one Ipswich player from history to play for Norwich, who would it be? And can I add one? Um, which player, if you had to take one from the current team, and you're not allowed to choose Selena because he doesn't belong to us, um, okay. which so one from history and one from the current team, you know who who could slot into your?
3: Mm, Inch. Tr- <sighs> um, I take Garner. I, I do like Garner, and Ipswich fans never agree with me on this, but I've always liked him. Freddie Sears. I do like Freddie Sears. And I'm not sure if he's any good this season, but I've I've watched him a lot over the, the kind of part. Well, ever since sort of Colchester days, I just like his style of football. He's my kind of footballer, so I do like Sears. In history, wow, Kieran Dyer maybe a, a, a Darren Bent. I mean, you've had some really decent players even in recent even in recent history. So, um, in my lifetime, I, I loved Kieran Dyer.
2: Dyer. Dyer was a natural. He,
3: he Matt did. Holland as well, actually. Um, On a a personal level, I've met Matt a few times. He's a really nice bloke. So if I'm going out for a beer with someone, it would be with Matt Holland.
2: Um, This is quite a mocking one, but it's going to give you a chance to talk about cup football. Um, Do Norwich have any more matches for cup runs coming up? Maybe (laughs) taking Chelsea to penalties or replay. Well, I'm I'm going to stand up for you here because Ipswich's cup record is just pathetic. And haven't won a cup game for about a decade despite (laughs) all this glory we talk about our 78 FA Cup win um how was it going to in the same year going to Arsenal and Chelsea because if that was Ipswich we would have done it we would add thousands of people you know thousands of these lapsed fans that don't come to the home games anymore would have all been all been down there wouldn't they how how were those how were those trips
3: well the Arsenal game was in half term so I think we took about 9,000 down on that night so it was a good turnout and it was a good night for the club we were so close to winning as well um, we played well, and, and Farkas teams, from what we've seen, play better against Premier League Premier League teams, which is more suited to. It. I think that's the style of football in which he plays. The Chelsea game was 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 brilliant. Um, Jamal Lewis, our 19-year-old, making his you know he'd only played like a couple of games before that scoring a header in front of us in the 95th minute from a tim close cross <laughs> i mean i mean that isn't written in the script is it and it was it was beautiful i was i was down in london for work actually so it just all worked perfectly well um it was it was really good and and them kind of games are ones that that live in the memory and i know cup competitions don't hold as much value anymore because the, the league is where the priorities are and i do understand that to give Farker his credit, he puts out seriously strong sides in cup competitions and it, it has had a dent, detrimental effect on our, on our league form. The Arsenal, there, there's no kind of um, um, coincidence that our poor run of form came after the Arsenal game. Um, and, you know, we also lost the game after the Chelsea game because we'd played 120 minutes of football against the Premier League side. So yeah I mean it's had its detrimental impact it's certainly been fun um in terms of if if we want to touch on that on that game about the whole into Milan thing it is a bit tin pot um but it is for charity so it's all fun and games and it's for a good cause but it is you know it is a little bit tin pot
2: um I think you covered this this is um wonderful waggy again um is he happy that they let Wiltshire go out on loan he absolutely tore Spencer apart when they played in the reverse fixture in October
3: I, I really like Yannick Vilska and I think that's an, un, an unpopular opinion to hold as a Norwich fan. I don't think many Norwich fans rated him. And There was this, well, it, it wasn't a rumour, it was fact that we'd paid £7 million for him. About £4 million of that were add-ons that we never actually paid. So he wasn't as much as people thought he was. £3 million for Average championship football is probably still a lot of money. But um, I liked him. He was direct. I think he was what we lacked in that bad run of form. He gets at players. He puts defenders on the back foot. He had a great run. And the run which created the goal for Madison against Portman Road. So I, I like Yannick Vujicic. I think from Farker's point of view, he didn't contribute enough defensively. His work rate maybe wasn't enough. And his end product, even as a fan, wasn't great. So um, I, th- I think he'll do fantastically well at Cardiff. Um, and I can remember... Wasn't it when he was at Wigan he tore you to shreds as oh, well? Oh no, it was
2: Chambers. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah, yeah so he, I think he did like player. nine dribbles in that game or something ridiculous. Yeah, um, and is he is is that done? Is he he won't come back at the end of the season?
3: Well, he's he's only on loan, so I mean he could come back at the end of the season. I don't think Farker probably wants him to, but who knows? Who knows?
2: Um, tricky McTrickerson, Sheffield United are out. I can't say this. Let's try again. Sheffield United. Are our Norwich of the North? Do you have an Ipswich of the North equivalent? So another team that you have a grudge match. We had um, amazing matches uh, okay. against Sheffield United in the late in the late nineties, and like Don Hutchison was the same as Grant Holt and Tariko to them. Um, is there another grudge match for Norwich?
3: Um, it's, it's funny you say that. Actually, it's probably been Sheffield United this season. Um, Chris Wilder lost his head. When we played them and beat them at, at Bramall Lane, and then they came to us, beat us at Carr Road, and Wilder was giving it real beans to the um, to the Norwich fans after the game. I quite I quite like Chris Wilder actually. He's he's a bit of a dick, but you know he's their dick, <laughs> and, and he, he's a he's a proper kind of British manager, isn't he? But um, Wolves obviously the whole Kevin Muscat tackle back in the day.
2: Oh, on Bellamy.
3: Yeah, it was horrible. Muscat
2: scored in the last minute against us. this season everybody hates Kevin Muscat. Don't yeah. They?
3: bit of a dick. Um, and I, I love Craig Bellamy. So, obviously, I hold a bit of a grudge there. Um, yeah, so probably Wolves and, and Sheffield United, I reckon.
2: Sure. Um, this is Mullet. Does failure to win or even finish way above us only prove that Fark is indeed a managerial fraud and a cheap attempt by your board to placate you lot with last year's fairy tale? Is he the German equivalent of Magic Beans? Can I just say, I know Mullet. And he's not a, he's not a mickey taker. That'll be a serious... Um, Okay, a, a serious one.
3: So if let, let's touch on the whole managerial fraud um, thing. Isn't a fraud something when you kind of reports s- to be something that they're not? Well, Farker, I don't think that's ever been reported. We knew it was a gamble. You know, he he, he was managing a youth team last season, so I don't think we've been sold a, a, a wrong. Um, description of someone and If if anything we've sold ourselves lies in terms of bigging him up a lot I think he's a great manager I think he's a great man I think he'll take us into good things what was the other question if we don't finish miraculously above you
2: yeah and
3: I, I think I think we've got I think as Norwich fans we've got to be realistic of where we're at are we that much better than you no we're not um, we're, 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 we are where we are in the league because we haven't played great football this season <laughs> and you where you are in the league is because I think that's probably where you deserve to be. So I think there's a lot of self-entitlement that that knocks about with Norwich fans, probably because of our recent history in the Premier League. But if we really want to strip things back, we're a mid-table championship club. And that hurts me to say it, but that's what we are.
2: This is great stuff. Are you okay to do a few more? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, And this is something that Chris said on the podcast. Do they seriously think that Madison is better than Jack Wilshere? Now I I didn't respond to that, but if you watch my eyebrows go up when he said that, so this is not your this is not your hill to die on. But
3: what do you think? Yeah, so Chris wrote it in <laughs> in a, in our paper the EDP, and the, and the headline was um, I, I think the headline they they Pesky did stitch him up. To be fair. They did stitch him <laughs> up because he didn't actually touch on it that much. What Chris was saying was that he has the potential to be better than Wilshere. And it kind of got edited in the fact that he's better (laughs) than Jack Wilshere. Obviously, Jack, (laughs) to be fair, Madison, I think, does have the potential to be a top Premier League footballer. Of course, that all depends on his next three years of development. But if he continues in the current vein of form, he will be a top Premier League footballer. And I think even Ipswich fans could admit that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um,
3: the whole Wilshere comment, even Chris got bless him, he got a ton of stick for that. <laughs> he did get stitched up. When it's a it's a full-page spread in the, in the back page, Madison is better than Wilshere. It's probably not ideal. Um <laughs> But, um, yeah, I think he's got the potential to be better than him, for sure.
2: You've done so well there. You you handled that like a true joke.
3: It was a proper politician's answer. It was great.
2: Um, Jonathan Powell, Norwich are obviously in a much stronger position than town in terms of squad and finances. Do you find it concerning that we're level on points, despite all these advantages? Also, do you think there may be a fire sale if you do not go up this season? Uh,
3: Fire sale, no. Because I think we've got a core now that will stay in terms of the Germans we've brought in. Um, we've got players out on loan who can come back and do a job. Remy Matthews, Ben Godfrey, so that can that will fill in the gaps that we may be losing. Alex Teten, Angus Gunn, and etc. Isn't there we've, a lad at Shrewsbury who's really Ben Godfrey? Well. We've oh, got sorry. Ben Godfrey and Carlton Morris is there as well, who I don't think is that great personally Norwich fans you know when you've got a youngster who kind of does well in his early years and everyone really wants him to get in the team and even if he's not performing they still want him to get there that's the kind of situation with Carlton Morris I don't think he's a championship footballer personally um, what was so fire sale no I don't think that will happen we'll, we'll obviously lose players but I don't think we'll lose many um, sorry I, I, I think I, he was kind
2: I, of suggesting that your squad's underperformed because the squad seems on paper uh,
3: Better than better
2: than ours.
3: Yeah, it's probably underperformed a little bit. But you you look at the teams in the championship this season: Wolves, Villa, Middlesbrough, who haven't performed that well and have spent a lot of money. You've got even look at Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, they're a great they're a great squad. And, yeah, you know they're, they're scrapping more relegation. So I think on paper, yes, we should be doing better. But in the reality of things, the amount of transition that this club, not just squad club, has gone through. I don't think I don't think we've underperformed too much. I, we've, it's been disappointing at times, but um, I think that was always going to be the case.
2: Um, this is Paul, and he's out in me here. Um, can they sew? Because there's a bloody big hole in the parachute. Now, this is us being very childish on our podcast and doing parachute watch every time you lose. <laughs> because our so our big hope at the start. I think you debunked this on Monday. Our big hope was that in order for it to be because since Lambert. Was there, and then the money—it's been so skewed. Our big hope was if you stay down this one more season, and the parachute money goes, all of a sudden we might we might be able to beat you. So, um, tell us the implications of 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 the parachute, and is there a big tear in it? Can can you fix it with (laughs) gaffer (laughs)
3: tape? You know what, though, on a a serious level, I I do get that—that's quite an easy dig. I've never quite understood the whole parachute payment argument. Because we got to the Premier League without parachute payment money, you could quite easily be in the same position as we are if Marcus Evans invested and if you played good football. You know, it's not this elite kind of group that gets parachute payment money. You get that money because you've been to the Premier League. So I don't quite understand. I think I think it's probably jealousy from Ipswich fans that we got that money, but boy, did we didn't use it well. So hold that close to your hearts. We we, we wasted it. What were you going to say? You were going to chip uh, no, in. in I way. think I
2: think what it's, um, what it's used as, particularly from our chief exec, he always trots out. Oh, and there's seven clubs who are receiving twenty but million look, more than us this
3: season. In- that's an easy way to defer blame for, their, for your board not investing. That's all that is. Um, and, I, and I think when you when you have to put your responsibility on why you're not achieving onto other clubs, you have to look at yourselves. Why are we not achieving? Well, it's because. We're not getting investment, and I do stand by the the fact that in Ipswich have been in, this, in the position they have been for the previous sixteen seasons because of your ownership. I think you've got a good manager. I stick by that. I think you've probably got a decent core of players, but not a, a core of players that will that will get you promoted. If you added a few more players with a bit of money, you're going to be in the playoffs. So I don't think that you know detracting responsibility elsewhere is necessarily a wise move, and it hasn't done you proud because. You, you are where you are um financially yeah we are in a bit of a sticky situation and that has meant we've had to sell players and that has meant we've had to cut wages and that has meant we've had to let go of the likes of Jacob Murphy Johnny House and um other players that I can't think of and not reinvest that money to try and make up on the um on the debt that that has been caused because of paying Stephen Naismith etc 50 grand <laughs> a week so um Yeah, financially, we're not in the best state. I think, thankfully, Stuart Webber done a fantastic job, him alongside Steve Stone, of at least securing our long-term future. Um, So we're not in too bad of a situation, but we've certainly been in stronger places. And, of course, yes, the parachute payment runs out this year, um, which will mean that we've probably got to make more cuts to the squad. So who knows?
2: You're going to get so much praise from Ipswich fans for that answer about whining about the parachute payments is just absolving yourself of responsibility that was a that was a great answer um which of the this is david sorry a couple more jack which of the german player purchases are you most excited about
3: um i don't know if it counts because it's a lone move but leitner i don't know how we got him he's a, he, he played I, I think he was in the squad for the champions league final he's won the bundesliga he was playing alongside Royce, sabamiang Lewandowski. this
2: is a dortmund guy is it
3: so yeah, this is this is Leitner, who's got a very very similar story to Tr- Tribal in terms of incredibly highly rated as a youngster, and then went off the rails. Um, so Fark has kind of brought him in and has given him a bit of love and a bit of a bit of a hug and that German beer probably and and some curry verse um, and and just helped him along. And he's, he looks a, a cut above. Um, in all honesty, the same with with Tribal as well, who, who's been really good, but he's unfortunately injured. Who have just remembered that. I, <laughs> no is, he
2: was I thought he was really good in the um in the in the game at Portman. Yeah, he's
3: he's a proper workhorse. He's he's a player that every champ he, he's he's our, he's our Angolo Kanté. Mm-hmm. Um he's that kind of player. Zimmerman as well. I mean, coming from fourth division German football to to being a a top level championship defender is no easy feat and he's done that very well so we we've had a few that have really worked and we've also had a few that have flopped marcel franca played two games and was loaned straight back um i mean he said he was born to score goals but then he played at left back so that <laughs> made me slightly question where his where his responsibility he's he like a
2: confused individual doesn't he oh
3: 100 he's played central attacker in midfield striker left back right back um, and then came out in a press conference and said, and said he's born to score goals. So maybe playing- you're match
2: experience after the portman road game and you were like yeah i was terrified every time he got the ball <laughs>
3: like he's just, he just going he to got the-, the ball and he didn't know i don't think he knew what he, what he wanted to do but he has he has no care in the world i'm sure he's a very happy man and he gets his life in, a, in, a, in an orderly manner um, a bit like tim close he doesn't know where he wants to play <laughs> apparently he played as a winger when he was younger i don't believe that He's got a prop, like his nose. I've never seen a nose as disjointed as his. Like, there's a reason we sing he's big, he's Swiss, his nose is on the piss. <laughs> that nose is horrific. But Steve, he's a lovely man.
2: Steve Grisovich maybe. Hey, Mick McCarthy's one isn't. Yeah. Um <laughs> is an interesting one. This is Matt. Um, can you ask Jack, if Norwich had been in the championship for 16 years, would their attendances be similar to ours? um because we did and you need to thank you for retweeting our video watch our excellent video on this channel about you know about the fan bases of both and i really like that actually i did really like that is proven to be higher would it would it would it drop off in in the same way ours has
3: it's a good question um and i suppose the only way we'd find out is if we were in the championship for 16 seasons and also gone through i think the lack of um what, what's the word? I'm, I'm looking the lack of intent mm. from a board. I, I think it's all well and good saying you've been in the championship for 16 seasons. What's the narrative behind that? Well, if I was an Ipswich fan, I, I probably wouldn't turn up. Um, in all honesty, or, or would I? I don't know because football to me is more than the, more than the game. It's about seeing my mates. But if my mates aren't turning up, then I'm definitely not going. So um, I, I do get, uh, and I think it, it is a proper easy dig for an Orange fan to, to, to go at Ipswich's attendances. And I, I do sympathise with Ipswich fans um, in terms of what you've had to go through. I don't know if that makes me a bad Norwich fan if I if, if I'm if I'm sympathising with Ipswich fans, but I do I do see where you're coming from. Um, would I mean we've been in League One and still pulled good attendances? Mm, that's but,
2: that's very true, isn't it?
3: But at the end of the day, we were playing League One with an exciting manager and a, and, and players that we love all the time. Exactly. So it, it, that's not a very good comparison. Probably, I think they dip. I don't know if they dip as, as what you've seen in recent weeks in terms of like the 13,000s. But, and ticket prices as well. That's a, that's a huge factor. And you're paying a lot of money for championship football as well as us, let's not forget. I think we've got one of the highest season tickets in the league, if not the country. Jack, you could so, have paid
2: 53 quid um aside from hospitality you could have paid 53 quid to see ipswich nil burton nil with 13,000 no. people in the in the padded seats in the cobalt stand they're 53 quid yeah
3: better be bloody good padded seats for that and a blanket i'm hoping as well <laughs> he-
2: heated seats like in the car
3: yeah. um
2: Right, I need to stand up for you here because this is my fault. Does Jack think that swigging from a bottle of Crony every 30 seconds makes him hard? <laughs> he was doing that to be polite because I bought the I bought the Kronenbourg, so that that was. It Tom. was
3: very kind. You brought um, a big old crate, didn't you, Cronenberg. Does it make me feel hard? No, not really. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sipping from a from a miniature bottle of Cronenberg. If I wanted to act hard, I'd probably have like. A string vest on and a can of Stella. <laughs> um,
2: this is Sam. You can probably do this in one word. When the seagulls follow the trawler, is it because they think sardines will be thrown? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, whales are frequently washed up in hulkham Beach in Norfolk. Is it always a worry it might be Grant Holt?
3: Um, and indeed, I, th- I think in terms if we were looking at this from a factual point of view, I think it's been more south of the coast there's been whales washing up in winterton so let's you know let's touch on on the I feel very out
2: of my depth here right?
3: <laughs> um uh, uh, yeah you know good banter witty banter
2: <laughs> <laughs> um last one then who invented the skip
3: who invented the skip it's
2: an alan partridge line isn't it uh, you're supposed to say uh, i don't know bloody bobby Moore." for all i care
3: um jack that, i'm so out of touch with that I? I feel i feel ashamed
2: jack you're an absolute um absolute gent that was literally half an hour's worth of questions you did so thank you very very much Um, so uh, where can people find our legendary podcast from last week and the hopeful hopefully you lamenting some kind of defeat on Monday however unlikely that seems so give a bit of a plug for your channel which is um, I think a real kind of um, you're in there early and I think it's a great channel and reflected by the number of views and we're trying to do something Similar-ish for Ipswich, but I think you've done a fantastic job.
3: Oh, that's very kind. And I think to touch on things as well, it, it, was, it was very interesting seeing the comments from Ipswich fans because I, I started my channel when I was 15, um, so or 14 actually. So naturally, as a 15-year-old lad, you're gonna be a bit of a dick, um, and I think I was, and I think I made some ill-judged comments early doors about Ipswich fans. And I've, I've really kind of reflected this past week: what do I actually think about Ipswich as a club? And naturally, in my job. I've been to, you know, Mick McCarthy press conferences. I've watched Ipswich a hell of a lot. Do I actually hate Ipswich as a club? No. Um and and do I hate Ipswich fans? No, I don't. And, you know, my the whole of my dad's side of, of, of my family are from Suffolk. They were they were born in Pakefield and and they went to um they went to Portman Road as they, as they as they grew up. So it's it's a strange one. Um so yeah, it's it's been interesting to see the journey, and I think a lot of Ipswich fans would have watched that journey as well, going from me being a Prepubescent um, Norwich fans slagging slagging Ipswich fans off and, and giving it big to to hopefully now a slightly more balanced view and hopefully you guys can um can, can consume the content slightly more enjoyably. Um, but talk Norwich City on YouTube, the TNC podcast on iTunes. Um, yeah, I think it was a, I think it was a good one Monday. So um, so check it out if you haven't already. And what about your Twitter? Uh, personal Jack reeve TNC. Chris's is at Chris Revo. And the, <laughs> I, think, I think he's got a
2: few follows since Tuesday, hasn't he?
3: <laughs> and Talk Norris City as well as is the is the um is the standard account.
2: Brilliant stuff. Well, a lot of people were asking for you to do this, and we didn't have it planned, did we? So, um, Jackson, no, we didn't. Um, we, we were going to just post the audio from Monday, but I think I might get lynched on Sunday if I'd have done that. Until, so.
3: It's currently as, we, as we're recording this, it's ten to ten. I was up at half past four this morning, so if, oh. I've, if, 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 I've, if I've spoken complete nonsense, let me off. I, I yeah. usually do that anyway. So who knows? I might just be rambling about absolute nonsense. But Benjamin, thank you for having me on. It's it is, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's nice to see an Ipswich podcast um, and to see what's going on in the other. The other side of the border, so it's it's good to see and um and thank you for all Ipsotrans if if you've got this far.
2: Yeah, and I know there was a lot of I know we're Mutual Admiration Society now, but I know there was a lot of a lot of praise for um your role in the in the three way dance that was <laughs> Tuesday Tuesday night. So um Jack, I'll let you get some sleep. Thank you so much for going coming on and doing ten years worth of questions. Um you can have the last word and then I'm gonna stop
3: recording. Um
1: That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.